0: the word of god amen hallelujah would you open up to 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 2 hallelujah maybe you'd like to stand up for a moment while i read this and change your position here while we're reading. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think it's, uh, uh, that's kind of respectful for God's word anyway, to stand up and listen. Sometimes we, when we're seated, we fidget around and so forth. So, young people, you stand right up too. That's good. Hallelujah. We're going to start reading Second Timothy, uh, the second chapter, starting with the 15th verse. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babbling, for they which increase to more ungodliness and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal, the Lord knows who knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Alice, would you pray for the anointing of the Lord upon this word? Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I found a cute little poem, and I wish I was real good at reading verses, because sometimes it loses a little something in the translation when I read it, I guess. But I'm going to try, okay? We are often greatly bothered by two fussy little men. Who sometimes block our pathway, their names are how and when. If we have a task or duty which we can put off a while, and we do not go and do it, you should see those rogues smile. But there is a way to beat them, and I will tell you how. If you have a task or duty, do it well, do it now. Hallelujah. You know, Alice had no idea what I was preaching tonight, but the name of my message tonight, Alice, is prepared. Hallelujah. It's nice to know that we have people that are in tune with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to use that last part of verse 21 that says, Prepare for every good work. I think we as a church need to prepare for every good work, not just some good work. We need to prepare for every good work. Amen? Because as we do these things, Jesus is glorified. And the most important thing to any Christian should be that Jesus be glorified. Amen? And so we need to prepare because god has given us this opportunity and we live in a day when we have untold opportunities to do good amen and so is it says prepare for every good work how do you prepare well first of all i would like to suggest that you prepare in the Word. And I'll use for a text on that, 2 Timothy two fifteen. Be diligent. I mean that means press right in there. Uh, you're going to have to a little stick to it. Be diligent. Hang in there. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. And we need to study this word. We need to uh, stay in this word until we have gleaned the truth that will feed our souls, the thing that will prepare us for good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There can be no substitute for Bible study. And I heard a, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's someone that's in our church. And this is a testimony of a young person. And this young person told me that there is no substitute for family altar. She's, told me that she had been brought up on family altar. She believed in family altar. And she believes that every family ought to have a family altar. A time when they get around the Word of God and they study the Word of God and they pray together and they they believe together and they share together and, and there's nothing quite like it. Joshua was told, This book of the law shall not depart from uh, thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, shall, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How many want to be... Successful in their Christian life? How many want to be prosperous in their Chris- Christian life? To see the the works of God going forward. You want, to, you want God's work to prosper. Amen? You want to be prosperous in taking back the land just like Joshua had a chance to go into the promised land. He had a chance to lead God's army. He had a chance to take back that which... Uh, which uh, God had promised to him that he had a chance to take it. You and I have a chance to take the promises of God. We have a, he said, Ask, and I'll give you the heathen for an inheritance. We have great and precious promises, but we must meditate on the Word. We must observe to do everything that's said in the Word. And then I will make thy way prosperous and I'll make you successful. What is successful anyway? Successful is not what the world calls successful. You know, you can have all the money in the world and still be a failure. Being successful is being what God has intended for your life. Amen. Praise God. And there is a pattern in the the Word of God, which will lead you and guide you and direct you. So there's two reasons here that we must meditate on the Word. The first is that we might do all that's written in it. You can't do it if you don't know what it says. Amen? And secondly that thou might prosper and be successful. In other words, I can be what God has intended for me to be. And God has intended that we should, uh, that we should share this love that he shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And I can be successful in sharing the love of God. I can be successful successful in leading people to the Lord. I can be successful in helping people that are down and out. I can be successful in running this church. I can be successful in my relationship with others. Because as I meditate on the Word of God, and the Word of God shows me, then if I do it, it's the will of God. You've got to prosper. You got to be successful. Hallelujah. God has not left us here to stumble around blindly through life. The psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. We need regular scheduled times to read our Bible. If you don't have special times of, of, uh, of Bible study and prayer, people, you're missing it. You've got to have regular, scheduled times. There may be other times when you'll pick up your Bible and, and read it and so forth, but you need to have a plan of action. You need to have a time when you get alone with God. A time when you meditate upon his word. A time when you, when you pray and you speak to God and God speaks to you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Reading the word will increase your faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Amen. That's what it says over in Romans 10, 17. And the Word will cleanse you. He's washing the church by the washing of the water by the Word. He's cleansing the church, isn't he? Hallelujah. How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your Word. That's what the psalmist said over in Psalm 119, verse 9. And so the first way to prepare is get into the Word and get the Word Into you. Amen? We're talking about preparing for every good work. All right? Secondly, I believe that you need to prepare in prayer. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading at the first verse. Therefore I exhort first of all that supplication and prayers and intercession and giving of thanks be made for who all men for kings and for all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Is that a good work to, get, to see men get saved? Amen. I believe they're talking about the same thing. When it says prepare for every good work, I believe this is one of the works that we've been called to. We've been called to take the gospel message to every creature. We've been called to, to uh, take these people and disciple them. We've been called to teach them. We've been called to pray for them. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not sure that uh, we fully realize the importance of prayer. Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not faint. He said that over in Luke 18, verse 1. Paul said, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious for anything is what he's talking about. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. Well, doesn't God know? Sure God knows, but we have not because we ask not. Amen. Amen. Here in 1 Timothy 2, uh, 1 through 4, I believe Paul is telling Timothy of the importance in prayer when it comes to the salvation of souls. Did you hear what I said? I, I know that it's hot and some people are getting very tired. But I said, I believe that Paul is trying to teach here in these four verses the importance of prayer in the salvation of souls. And we see this by verse 1 here. It says that prayer and supplication should be made for all men. Then he goes down to verse 4, and it's in the same context, and he says, who desires all men to be saved? I believe it's all saying the same thing. If we're praying for all men, then he wants all men to be saved. We should be praying for the salvation of all men. I don't believe that a man can come to salvation except someone, somewhere, has been praying for his soul, praying for deliverance, praying for for him to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible says that you can't come unless the Spirit Draws. even the heathens I believe that there's prayer warriors that God has lifted up intercessor prayers uh, warriors that pray for those that they've never seen and people are getting saved look at the prayers that's gone up over the past two or three decades for Russia and and, uh, and East Germany, and some of these uh, China, some of these nations, prayer warriors, praying for deliverance. When God delivered them from Egypt, those people were busy praying. Because they knew Abraham had been given a promise, and Joseph knew of that promise, and he said, Look, when you go back, I want you to take my bones with you. That's how sure he was that God was going to deliver them. Hallelujah. So I believe in the power of prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. E.M. Bounds says prayer is no little thing, no selfish or small matter. It does not concern a petty interest of one person. The littlest prayer broadens out by the will of God till it touches all words, conserves all interests, and enhances man's greatest wealth and God's greatest good. Hallelujah. I believe every good work was spawned in prayer. Before the work comes to pass, someone has spent time on their knees praying. Hallelujah. And I I don't care whether it's a church growth that we're looking for or whether it's a new church planning or whether it's a world evangelism. I believe everything is birthed in prayer. Every good work is birthed in prayer. So we need to spend time in prayer because everything depends on it. Amen? You know, it's, it's a... I don't have notes on this, but it's a funny thing. We talk so much about prayer, and we do so little of it. We realize the importance of it. And I've stood up here, and I've warned people about the work can only go forward as we pray. I've warned of the fact that, that the enemy is going to try to get in and follow up the works, pray against it. And I, I'm going to be quite honest with you here. In the last two months, the enemy has come against this church in just about every conceivable way. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the answer. Jesus is the answer. Prayer is the answer. Hallelujah. You know why the devil's fighting so hard? Time's getting short. Amen. Not only that, when he sees the work of God going forward, he gets a little upset. I'd just like to get him really riled up and, and, and get this work really moving one time. I'd like to get him so riled up. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, thirdly, we're talking about preparing for good works, and I don't want to get off with the subject here tonight. Everybody's warm, wants to go home, but we need to be prepared. prepared to tell others about God's love 1 Peter 3:15 That's what it's all about prepared to tell others about God's love For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Such a, a wonderful news Such an opportunity. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I want to read that from the Amplified Bible. Listen real closely. But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to uh, account for the hope that is in you. But do it courteously, courteously, and respectfully. The first step then in witnessing, sharing this good news, sharing this love of Jesus, the first step is to set Christ apart as holy in your heart. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Set Him apart as Lord of your life. Acknowledge Him as Master. You know, rebellion was the thing that caused God to drive our first parents out of the Garden of Eden. And if we're going to tell others of the love of Christ, we've got to know the love of Christ. Amen? You've got to experience it. You can't share something you don't have. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And if we're going to share Jesus, we've got to have a relationship with Jesus. We've got to be in His presence. We've got to spend time in His presence. Rebellion will keep you from that presence of God. Rebellion will keep you from enjoying everything God has for you. So we need to be in conformity to the will of God. We need to be doing His will, not talking about doing His will. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at uh, 1 John 1 7. 1 John 1 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. I, I just want to focus on the fact that we have fellowship with him when we walk in the light. Let me read it from the Amplified Bible. But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have truth, unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. Hallelujah. When it's talking about light in the Bible, what's it talking about? Is it talking about this kind of light that we see up here? I think it's talking about spiritual revelation. Enlightenment, Truth. And if we're going to share the love of Jesus Christ, we have to first of all be living in truth. Nancy, I'm glad that God led you to give that testimony about the one that was sitting in front of you. Fits in very nicely here tonight. You can wear T-shirts that says, Hail King Jesus or whatever, but if you're not living the life, then you're not sharing that life. You can have bumper stickers all over the back of your car and you can wear crosses as big as the one we have up here, but if you don't have Jesus sanctified in your heart and you're not living for Jesus Christ, then you're not a witness for Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. We can't walk contrary to what we know to be truth and still be a witness. You just can't do it. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, then he isn't Lord at all. And if we're going to walk the walk or talk the talk, then we need to walk the walk. Amen? I'm appalled at some of the reports that have filtered back to me. Some of the things that have been brought to light... Number one, I don't believe. Like yesterday, I was riding down the highway, and i seen a bumper sticker, and it's, it said something about Jesus, and I said, well, praise God, there's another, another uh, Christian. And as we got alongside, he had a cigarette dangling out of his mouth. I don't believe that you can go around having bad habits and still be witnessing for Jesus Christ. I believe that your tongue ought to be sanctified for Jesus Christ. And I don't believe that there ought to be gossip ever, because over in Proverbs it says that there is is six things there, yea, even seven, that are an abomination in his sight, and one of them is those who cause strife amongst the brethren. Secondly, I've heard some reports of people using language that he isn't even fit for a sailor to use. And they named the name of Jesus. And I'm not talking about some other church. I'm talking about this one. And it grieves me. It grieves me. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Our... Language ought to be sanctified unto God. I've heard reports, men of God sitting, listening to the television, swear at them and use ungodly language at them. And they've gotten so hard to it that they see nothing wrong with it. Whatever goes into your mind, goes into your heart, is going to come out in your life. Not only... Did this individual not hear it? He condoned a young person sitting there listening to it with him. I'm not talking about another church. I'm talking about this one. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. We're not to make provisions for the flesh. We're to be a holy people unto God. We're to avoid all sin. All sin. We're even to avoid that which appears to look like sin, whether it's sin or not. 1 Thessalonians 5, if you want to look it up. Avoid the, even the appearance of sin. If it appears sinful, don't do it. You're a representative of Jesus Christ, and if somebody sees you even, even in that uh, situation, they're going to judge the fact that it's all right because you're doing it. I don't think that a man and a woman ought to spend a night together in the same household without any chaperones. Whether or not they're having sex or not, it doesn't look right. And I'm not talking about some other church. I'm talking about this one. I don't think that a parent ever ought to use a bad word to their children. And yet it's been reported that it's happening here. Well, God can't bless us unless we're got Jesus sanctified in our hearts. There's got to be holiness, and it's time that we prepare because the time is short. Amen? Let's not be blind to, to what's going on around us. Let's not be blinded to what's going on in our own lives. We don't need to point the finger at anyone else. All we need to do is look into our own life and see that, yes, I need to change a few things. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's how you sanctify the Lord Jesus. When it comes to witnessing for Jesus, there's no substitute for the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that this morning. Being so full of, not one time, but continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Just one more incident I want to bring up. I was... A sailor, as most of you know. I spent 22 years in the military, and I've heard just about anything that sounds like crude language, I've heard it. Thank God for his cleansing word. His cleansing power. But I remember I went into Boston. It was the year my son was, youngest son was born, so that would make it 26 years ago. And I walked into a drugstore there. I was buying something, pop or something. I don't know what I was. Buying something in the drugstore, and I walked in, and there was a gray-haired lady there. She, uh, she was she was really pretty. Elderly lady, gray hair. She'd have made anybody a good grandmother. And there was a young lady there, blonde very petite nice looking young woman probably 19, 20 years old but she had a garbage mouth she was using language that as a sailor I was blushing I'd never heard a woman use such filth And then what really appalled me, and this was before I got saved. I want you to realize that it was before I got saved. I heard this gray-haired lady answer in the same kind of language. And I said, oh, what is this world coming to? But there's been reports to me that there's been women in this church that have used the same kind of language. I tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm confused. It's not enough that we be just holy and sanctified when we come into the church. It's got to be outside the church as well. It's got to be in our homes. It's got to be everywhere. And as a pastor, I, I, I don't like these kind of reports. Because that means that I have to bring these individuals in and I have to talk to them. How many of you really want members doing the things that I've just talked about? Is there anyone here that, would, that, think that thinks that uh, I shouldn't bring them in? I think especially when they are members of our church Let's prepare for good work. Let's prepare for good work. Let's prepare our hearts. Like I said this morning, let's prepare our hearts. I think that it's time that we got on our knees up here I've explained some of the problems I've explained some of the things that's going on not that you can go out and gossip about it but that you can pray about it will you come will you get around this altar tonight will you pray that God will intervene that God will begin to do something to ratify and to change some of these things that I've told you about so that we can be prepared for every good work will you come Hallelujah. Hallelujah.